Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Oddity Files. All things creepy. Cryptic. Otherworldly. downsize that do this and that and the other and y'all are listening to oddity files the podcast i'm kitsy duncan i'm nick floyd i'm getting a hat hang up oh yeah he's got to keep up his hat game as the patreon members can see i'm wearing my gone squatching hat because it's 11 a.m on a saturday and i have not showered yet mm-hmm. so patreon gets full on no makeup kitsy today you're welcome. <laughs> the catch is I had to get a hat because I just showered. So my hair is wet. And it, over the time that we're going to be recording this, it's going to start getting mo- progressively more and more dry and just look real Fluffy. dumb real quick. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. Yeah. So um, all kinds of stuff and things going on here since we last recorded. Nick and I had to bail on our normal Tuesday night because... We got fucking snow in April, and my power was flickering. And it wasn't like it was just out, which if it was, that would have been fine because I have a a whole house generator because we do lose our electricity out here a lot. But no, it was just flickering and then turning back on before the generator could kick in over and over again. so insane to me, but here we are. Saturday morning. Let's rock and roll. Um, I added new merch this week, and I'm pretty stoked about it. Did I steal the idea from somewhere, something I saw on TikTok? Fucking absolutely. But if you head to flow.page.oddityfiles and click on the merch link, you can see the new Bitchcraft shirt I made, and I'm super excited about it. You have to say it like that, too, very aggressively. Uh, when you, Bitchcraft! <laughs> you have to basically yell it. the name of this it. episode. <laughs> Just yell it. Yeah, I love it. Wham! 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 Yeah, I love... I saw all the merch on Facebook. I was, like, behind on the social medias, and then I caught up, and I was like, new merch. People actually watching the Sasquatch documentary on Hulu. It was just this beautiful uh, combination of things happening over on the Oddity Files fan group. Yes, which is... uh Oddity Files fan group on the Facebook if you're interested in joining along on all the fun. But I forgot to mention when we did our big... Sasquatch on Hulu episode, the original Sasquatch footage was a female Squatch. I had no idea. Yeah. Very, very What's the guy's name who got the footage? Is it Bob? Bubba? Bob Bob Gimlin and and, uh, something Patterson. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because Bob kept calling her she. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, there was, I think it was at some point in the last, I want to say 15 years, maybe a little little earlier, when they, they when we had the technology to enhance the footage into high definition, they saw, when they enhanced it, they saw that the Bigfoot had breasts. And they were like, this is a female Sasquatch. Squatch boobies. Because Squatch boobies, Daniel yeah. K in the Oddity Files fan group posted said picture. I'm like, she's got she's got a nice rack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and on the subject of Bigfoot genders, my world was flipped upside down a couple nights ago because over on the Twitters, somebody tweeted a scene from the uh, beloved family favorite, Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, and it's the scene where they're trying to lure uh, Harry into the car with burgers and stuff like that. And he's watching this guy who ever on Twitter is watching a Blu-ray copy. And when Bigfoot starts, when Harry starts to walk to the car, he's zoomed in and he's got a dick. He's just got Pine a coats? floppy. I, he, I mean, it's there. It is there. What? And like my whole world is flipped upside down because <laughs> apparently he had it the whole movie and it's just flopping free. About 40, 50 minutes into the movie. Holy shit. Talk about an Easter eggs. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, it's it's a treat. I, I was blown away. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so I re- have you gotten your Blu-ray out and double checked it? Or is this just a Photoshop hack job? I mean, I don't really. I didn't. I didn't cross-check it on, like, whoever it's streaming Netflix. I need to, but it just looked too real to be doctored. Like, someone would have to be very good at visual effects because, like, it, it flops with his steps. No. So it, it's... No. It's so, such a family fun movie. Yeah. And this entire time, it's re- literally the Watchman. Watchman? Watchman, But instead yeah. of a big blue dick, it's a hairy dick. Yep. Little did you know... Little did I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! (laughs) Yes, I'm here for for that. (laughs) Speaking of the Squatch, I was on the Etsy because I learned that I had Apple Pay money on my phone. And there's no way to put that back into your account that I can figure out. Teach me. How do I get this $50 I have based on Apple purchases? How do I get it out? I want to spend it. I don't know. Same. So I know you can spend it on Etsy. And you used to be able to spend it on Sephora. But I can't figure out how to spend it on Sephora now. This is not a advertisement for Sephora. But so I'm like searching through the Etsy. What can I buy on Etsy? Got the pups some Sasquatch bandanas. Oh, yes. And they're the kind that kind of slip onto the collar because I'm always afraid I'm choking them when you like tie a bandana on the pups. Yep. Um, So Luna's showed up first and so excited. Open up thing and I start putting it on Luna and Venus is looking at me like, the fuck, mom? Where's mine? Because (laughs) my daughter's been here for a few weeks and her dog has one. It's not Sasquatch, it's Bear. So we'll call him Bear Man. And uh, so I'm like, oh, my dogs need one. You know, I can't be outdone. And so I'm putting Luna's on her. And as soon as I was done, Venus looked at Luna. She looked at Maple, which is my my daughter's dog's name. Is like, 
I can has one. <laughs> so it's coming today, and I'm so excited. Oh my gosh! You got to get a video uh, of putting it on and put it on on Patreon because we all love to see a puppy react to matching bandanas. The thing is, they don't match because I had twins. Carter um, from Oddity Files and Cassandra, who's Maple's mama, they're twins. They're uh, fraternal twins because they're boy and girl. You can't have identical boy and girl twins. Um, but I, I ref- like when they were itty bitty baby, like I'd get Pooh and Eeyore, but they had to be completely different, even though they were boy and a girl. So I can't get them the same thing mm. because I hated when when my parents dressed me like my sisters when I was younger. We all had this yellow terry cloth shorty short jumpsuit thing with the spaghetti strap ties on top kelly lynette if you're listening i know kelly listens sometimes you remember that shit that was awful so i do not dress my dogs or my children the same i feel that i i you know my parents dress me like my sister too so i feel your pain (laughs) i need photos so I do not have photos of my sisters and I in our daffodil yellow terry cloth jumpsuits, uh, shorty shorts, because it was the 80s. But if I do ever run across them, I will share them with the world. Last weekend was super exciting. Not only did I get out of the house, because Saturday was my two-week point from being fully vaccinated. So hey, I left hey. the fucking house. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And KJ and I and producer Patches headed out to the Red Curb Comedy Club and filmed something for an upcoming episode of Paranormal paranormalxroad.com. <laughs> and I am in love with this place. Wow, so a comedy club. Oh, it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. KJ's got all the friends. She used to be on like one of the number one radio stations in Indianapolis. So she's very well connected. I will give her that. Me, not so much. (laughs) I don't talk to people. Um, And so we're in there and we're talking to Will, who's uh, one of the owners of it. And I, I, I just got that gut feeling in my stomach. And I'm like, is this place haunted? He's like, no. It used to be like part of a lumber yard and blah, blah. And as he's talking, he's like, but... Brad comes in, and at one point, he was on the floor with a box cutter because he was so scared of the activity that was going on there. I'm like, it's not haunted? What? Are you sure? Oh, my God. That's like total plot twist. <laughs> like, nah, right? it's not haunted, but some guy was on the floor with a box cutter. He was so yeah. scared. <laughs> okay, cool. So we're filming. We're doing interviews for an upcoming episode is a paranormal team that's actually turning over the case they had been working on for a while to KJ, Tiffany, and I. And we were interviewing them about what was going on at the house and what was going on with the actual family members. And in the middle of this, we hear a door open. Well, Patrick hears a car door outside. And we, we hear a door open. But there's only two doors to get into this club. And it was in eyeshot Patrick could see both the entire time. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of playing it off. Keep filming. Keep talking. And then um, KJ stops from it. She's like, Brad, is that you? Nothing. And then all of a sudden, so there's the stage. And behind the stage, there's like a a walkway. So it's not like a, it's an old pole barn. 
stage is just like a foot up and it's it's very grassroots comedy club vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And there's some like faux walls that with this hallway behind it so you can get up on the stage. And I forgot to add that Patrick and I had seen lights flashing and turning off and on the entire time we were there. But then we hear footsteps come down this hallway and to get onto the stage, there's these very thin like convention curtains, you know, like when you put the curtains up for the photo opera. Yeah. And they flow in as this, what we thought was Brad walks by and KJ again goes, Brad, hey, how you doing? Nothing. Wow. I have never witnessed, like, I mean, I literally thought somebody was there. Holy smokes. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, we finished filming, and we're like, there's got to be a third door. He was here. He just didn't want to say anything because he saw the cameras. And we, we, we walk around the place. We're checking it out. We found another door that has been completely sealed by drywall, so nobody could come through it. Huh. Insane. So I can't wait to get back there. I sent Will a message the other day. I'm like, so, you know, can can we investigate? (laughs) That's unbelievable. And and it's just, it's so funny that, like, it's so, again, it's it's the most casual thing. Like, yeah, I mean, there's no, no, it's not haunted, but there was this one time and then you're there for an afternoon and you see all this stuff. It was insane. Insane. I've never, like, you know, I get feelings a lot, but never, like. I literally thought there was a living, breathing human being within two feet from me. But I couldn't see him because it was just on the other side of the wall. Wow. Insane. Jeez. That was pretty. But thank you to Red Curb Comedy Club in Avon, Indiana for having us out. They are reopening in June. So I'm super excited about it. I think it's just redcurbcomedy.com. They have classes on improv and stuff like that as well. So I promised I'd give them a huge shout out. And then this week we had our very first Basics of Spirituality workshop. Oh my God, it was so much fun. I love how busy you are. You're just doing all this stuff and you're teaching all the people all the things and... Trying. It's amazing. And I I love that it's all happening. I feel like these last few weeks you have been just one thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Yeah, but it's not bad. I mean, it's I'd, I'd rather be... Like, like I always say, I'm ADHD mixed with OCD. So I, I'd rather be go, 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 go than not. Yeah. Um, but for those of you that missed that workshop, it is now available on demand. It's like eleven ninety seven. So if you missed it, uh, I mean, you don't get the interaction that everybody had during the actual workshop. But you can you can learn a thing or two about a thing or two. That's all we like to do. That's how I like to live my life. Exactly. What about you? What's going on in your life? Not a whole lot. Uh, not a whole lot at all. I watched that new Conjuring trailer, and I thought to myself, <clears throat> do people watch this and really think that this is what Ed and Lorraine Warren's lives were like? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we're on the third movie I, I, now, and they flash it you know, on the screen based on the, the, the heaviest hitting moments of Ed and Lorraine Warren's life. I'm like... Let's settle down a little bit, please. <laughs> simmer down. Let's simmer down, people. It's um, a blockbuster I, I'm motion sure picture. It was, yeah, I'm sure it was exciting and dramatic, but not that exciting and dramatic. Yeah, there's a part of me that wonders, and I know it's, it's far less entertaining, but there's a part of me that wonders if in a world, if we had... In like, a world. In a world 
where we had slow burn like ghost films that were very sincere that still had like the gothic vibes but weren't these like mass big blockbuster movies if people would be more or less interested in the paranormal because i feel like their perception of it is that it's just this like big hollywood trick and the more crazy creatures in water beds and people vomiting green fluid like the more of that the better um i don't know it's just skeletons in your your pre your being dug up pool you know yeah i mean that's what scarred me classic (laughs) stuff it was boom so i won't diss hollywood film uh horror uh pulled uh ghost films anymore because my computer just threw up at me so yay (laughs) no but please continue (laughs) oh i was just uh the the first two Conjuring movies scared me because there was this like realness to them that felt very especially the first one. The first one had like the slow burn feel where they were doing their investigating and had their microphones and talked to the families and all this stuff. But this third one feels like they're just like, eh, you know what? Forget it. We're we got a hundred million dollars. Let's just blow it on this crazy uh thing that very clear like the last shot of her by the, the cliff side. And- oh, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Did you have to go there? Did you really? Apparently so. The green screen is just, it was just so jarring. It reminded me of the scene from uh, one of the earlier seasons of The Walking Dead where, where uh, was it? Was it Rick? He was like standing on the trash heap or whatever. And the green screen behind him was just so rough. Uh, <laughs> it was like, oh my God, you guys, what are you doing? But... Yeah, it's just strange, but but everyone you know is like applauding the Conjuring Three and saying how great it looks, and it's going to be great. I'm sure it's going to be fine, but it feels like they've gone full on like let's Hollywood up the Warrens as much as possible for this finale. <laughs> yeah, let's go big or go home, people. Is it the finale? Do we know that for sure? I think that it's the final Conjuring film, but there's okay. going to be a bunch of more spinoffs like the Annabelles and the Insidious and okay <clears throat> and all that stuff. I'm not a fan of the Insidious movies. I don't know why. I know that it has a huge cult following. It just was not my cup of tea. But the Conjuring movies, I freaking love. What was I watching the other day when it was it was based around Ed and Lorraine's babysitter? And it wasn't the other day. It was like probably last year. Um, <laughs> but um, it was really good. Oh, it was it was an Annabelle movie. It was because he had, they had brought Annabelle home. And to their home. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the the third or fourth one. There's so many. I really respect that they're like making the Avengers of horror movies, where it's just <laughs> like the Nun, Annabelle, Insidious, The Conjuring, the, and it's just, it's just excessive. Um, yeah. But also, I kind of love that it's just this like multi this extended universe of like horror movies set around oh, the yeah. Warrens. Oh yeah. I've actually met um, Andrea Perron. She was one of the kids from the original Conjuring House. And she's like, oh, it's complete Hollywood. But it was scary when I was a kid. So kudos to her for uh, call not calling it out, but saying that, yeah. I mean, we all know Hollywood takes stuff and, and s- sensationalizes it. I mean, that's what yeah. Hollywood is. But um, she said it was pretty fucking scary. So yeah, you know, I I think I think about the Conjuring, and then I think back to like when par- when the first Paranormal Activity came out, and 
yes, it it took a turn, you know, obviously the ending, it, 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 you know, got when she got possessed or whatever, and it got big and all that. But everything up to that point, the reason why the movie was so scary is because it was like, this could happen to anybody. Literally. And that was the the most terrifying part up until the ending where she gets possessed. And, and then that sort of leans into the nightmare fuel fiction or so, what have you of, of the horror genre. But I would just love more, very real world. I don't even care if they're boring. I just want more like real slow burn horror stuff. Yeah. Uh, paranormal Absolutely. stuff. I don't, I, I like a big silly horror movie from time to time, but I don't need everything to be massive and explosive no. and all this, you know, even that, that waterbed scene in the trailer was, was fantastic with the kid in the waterbed. Yeah. It was great. That's a little kid from, um, Bly House. The Haunting of Bly House? No, the first one. Hill House. Yeah. Who's adorable. He's so freaking cute. Uh, but yes, am, am I excited to see this new Conjuring movie? One million percent. Does it make me want to go back and watch the first two? Totally. Yeah. And completely. Yeah. And I will. I saw something. It's, now, is that the one that's going to be released on HBO? No, yep. that's going to... <gasps> oh, I'm even more excited now. Yep. Do we Every... know a date? Uh, I want to say... It's it's the August because Mortal Kombat was this month. Uh, I want to say Space Jam is July. In the Heights is June. So I think it's got to be August. Okay. August for The Conjuring, I believe. I mean, that makes sense. That's like the beginning. Well, for most people, the beginning of like Halloween spooky season. So <laughs> Every day is the beginning of Halloween spooky season. June 4th. I was wrong. Oh, they're even doing, better. They're doing two out in June. Wow. Yes. Sweet. I still need to watch The Unholy. I have not yet. Um, almost watched it on, on JDM's birthday, just, you know, to celebrate the man, the myth, the legend. Come mm -hmm. to find out, I guess Venus and Jeff share a birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that that's really cool. Yeah. But speaking of, you know, there's Hollywood, creepy, and then I have a friend of mine that's got some activity going on. So her name's Shelly Harper. She actually does some really cool journals and notebooks. I actually have one right here. My notes are on one of her um, Sabrina notebooks. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's conquestjournal.com. Shelly's amazing, but she's terrified of the paranormal. God love her. She had a razor, not a razor blade, but like a Gillette cheap ass. You buy a pack of 27 at Walmart. Razors just show up in her hallway yesterday. Oh. And I'm like, okay, now I know she she's hashtag con life. And I'm like, are you sure you weren't at a hotel and maybe you forgot your razor? So you got, because that's what it looked like. It's something you'd get from like the front desk at the hotel. Yeah. And she's like, no, I swear to God, I have a razor in my suitcase 365 days a year. I'm like, same girl, same. I never yeah. forget one. Because <laughs> she has a new cat that's kind of a demon cat. So I thought maybe he had gotten into something and pulled it out. Next day, she finds a used tea bag in her kitchen, middle of the floor. She hasn't made tea in her house in over a month. Wow. This morning, got a text from her. She found another razor, blue Gillette cheap-ass razor, in her daughter's bathroom. Now, all her, both her kids are grown and moved out of the house. It's just her and the cat. I, and she's like, well, either somebody is living in my house that I don't know about, 
or uh, I and I responded because I saw it on Facebook first. I said, or it's haunted. Dun, dun, dun. So I gave her smudging tips. I said, or it's a spirit trying to communicate with you. So before you smudge, you need to figure out if you want to know what they're trying to tell you. And KJ and I will be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. So she's terrified, though. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, you know, my first step would be to check for like hidden doors and air vents and make sure that someone's not uh, popping out and around making tea for themselves trying to shave up. Yeah, living uh, in the attic, like those stories that are so terrifying. Yeah, especially, you know, yeah, I, I, that's what my first order of business would be. But if you don't have razors or anything, unless someone has them with you, then maybe there is some sort of paranormal activity that needs to be discussed but yeah i I check i check behind mirrors i check air vents i check all that shit first because yeah (laughs) and so after the first two events she's like oh i forgot that i had these security cameras from my security company that i never hooked up so she hooked those up in all the places where the things were found the first time and last night it showed up in the bathroom where there was no security camera Interesting. Yes, I found that super interesting. So she's going out to Target Target today to find a baby monitor so she can move it around the house. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. That, that like, makes things infinitely creepier because that means that if it's an actual human, they're, like, observing her every move. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's, a, you know, paranormal, then... I think it kind of leans more in that direction that it's just going away from the energy that's being radiated by the, the camera. Could be. Or that IR light. I mean, they, they have to be able to see that IR light. I'm just yeah. saying. Okay. That's my list of things to cover. I guess we hand it over to Jess. Jess. Yes, in the house. Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. Somehow it's almost May already. And with Gemini season right around the corner, you can bet that the energy is about to pick up. On Sunday, May 2nd, we have two lovely aspects. Mercury trines newly retrograde Pluto from 26 degrees of Taurus to Capricorn, and Venus sextiles Neptune from 22 degrees of Taurus to Pisces. Trines and sextiles are soft energy. They do no harm. But there's a distinct risk that they can pass right by you without making much of an impact. Action is needed to take advantage of these aspects. Once you put in a little effort, you should experience a very pleasant snowball effect. Mercury trine Pluto opens the door for that intense and transformative conversation that you've probably been putting off, but can't avoid any longer. Venus sextile Neptune ensures that any messages delivered on this day will be infused with genuine and universal love. Sunday is all rainbows and fucking unicorns, so take advantage. Because Monday kind of sucks. We have another pair of aspects on this day, but this time it's a pair of squares, so tension is the order of the day. Mercury squares Jupiter from 28 degrees of Taurus to Aquarius, and the Sun does the same to Saturn at 13 degrees. Jupiter is a benevolent planet, and Saturn is a malefic one, so Monday's all over the map. Mercury-Jupiter is the -the over-the-top message that is certainly well-intentioned, but Sun-Saturn is the harsh reality check that is absolutely going to dent your ego. The combination of the two on the same day suggests a high chance of mixed messages that can leave you feeling less than great about yourself. Fortunately, Mercury enters Gemini late Monday night, where he's back up to full strength. Mercury rules Gemini, where his energy is quick-witted, social, talkative, and inquisitive to a fault. Nothing sits still in Gemini, and Mercury is no exception. So any lingering hard feelings from Monday's pair of squares will be short-lived. 
you should wake up Tuesday morning well and truly over it and ready to move on to the next adventure. Mercury will be in Gemini for a long time, until July 11th. This is because he's doing his retrograde thing starting at the end of the month. You're about to have a long, hard rethink about something in the Gemini sector of your chart. If you don't know what that means, head on over to my website and sign up for my Practicing the Pause workshop on May 13th. Mercury is my ruling planet, and I've got tons of practice dealing with his retrograde bullshit. Come on through and laugh at my pain, and let me teach you how to laugh at yours. Finally, on Thursday, May 6th, Venus forms a trine to Pluto retrograde. This one goes down from 26 degrees of Taurus to Capricorn. Venus trine Pluto is hot, hot, hot. This is magnetic energy that is great for deep and lasting intimacy. Pluto's retrograde status indicates that there may be some karmic connection here as well. A past life love being rekindled, perhaps? However it shows up, know that letting your freak flag fly high is completely supported today. So go get him, tiger. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Awesome sauce, Ms. Fortune Astrology is where it's at, where you should be and how it goes down. I've got some paranormal in the news. Came across this one. Are you ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. This comes to us from cinemablend.com. Oh. The, the headline reads, Did Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson actually see a UFO on Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Okay, caveat. I have not watched the Kardashians since like season one. So I, Chloe doesn't even look the same anymore. I thought it was Kim. Not yeah. Kim. The mom. Chris. Crazy. Okay. So, with the world still on lockdown when it was filmed, the final season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Ooh, it's, is it over? The final season? Thank it's almost fucking over. God. Yep. Um, had been forced to keep most of its adventures in house which has led to some unexpected storylines. For example, the latest episode featured Chloe and Tristan on an expedition for aliens. And surprisingly, they actually claim to have seen one. So after consulting with an expert on the matter, Chloe and Tristan committed to a night where, they where they'd search the Malibu skies for life beyond the stars. And as luck would have it, the two actually saw a UFO. Though skeptics may feel inclined to question whether or not keeping up with the Kardashian stars actually saw what they alleged. It's totally plausible. The duo thought they saw a UFO, though somewhat incredible that out of everyone involved in the situation, no concrete footage could be obtained. And I'm just God saying almighty. that shit happens. I, I, I have seen some shit that has not been caught on film and nobody caught it on film, even though there's 17 cameras going on. But speaking of Hollywood sensationalizing things, that uh, the, the, my skepticism initially came from. By the way, before you even said that no one caught it on footage, considering that they're always on their phones, always being filmed, everything. I mean, what paparazzi didn't even get it. Come on, it's the the way the story was. And seeing that they spent most of the season in lockdown, I feel like there was a producer that's like, you guys. We're not getting a lot out of this season because of right. quarantine. So you know what sells? UFOs. 
aliens, motherfuckers. I mean, that, like, that's it. They're like, at the height of this, this is what people want to see. And I feel like they're just stretching the season because, you know, like, Kim got a divorce and Kanye's not involved and he didn't want to be filmed and this is happening and this is ha- And they're just like, we need something. Mm-hmm. See, a, see a UFO for an episode. Boom. They're like, we'll pull in this audience. We'll reel them in. We'll reel in the true crime uh, paranormal UFO audience for one episode and then hopefully they'll stick around for the last few. And in my search for this story, I also came across where the real housewives of somewhere went squatching. Oh, I'd watch that in a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) With like one of the leading uh, Bigfoot researchers. So I should probably look into that a little bit more and send you a link, sir. Because you would watch that. I would. And I would watch a whole hour. Give me a give me a whole series of like Real Housewives hunting for Bigfoot. Like give me finding Bigfoot with the Real Housewives or like the of Jersey like Shore every cast. city. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jersey Shore. Oh, my God. That would be so great. God, I missed that show. I loved that show too much. I feel like the catch with all those shows, the problem with these networks is they're not trying to do something creative with these people. They're just trying to like capture lifestyle stuff. But imagine the audiences you can capture if you just put them somewhere different in each season. So season one, we get to know them. We live with them. We do this stuff with them. Season two, it's a, it's basically them going squatching the whole time. <laughs> season three, they live in a haunted house for you yes. know, three months. Season four, they have to go on a scavenger hunt uh, in, you know, Cambodia or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Make it fun. Make it fun. I don't want to see other people's lives. Get enough of that on social media. Preach. (laughs) I think that's why I stopped watching reality TV, to be perfectly honest. It's such a shit show on my Facebook feed that it's not even worth it anymore. It's like, I'm already, I don't want to see it from friends, so why do I want to watch Strangers? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, I guess we should tell some stories. I think we're about 30 minutes in, right? Oh, yeah. heck yeah. After all my hiccups and burps and, I mean, my computer's hiccups and burps. I believe you go first this week, sir. Look at me staying on top of shit. I feel like I was on top of a lot today, but not that. So I'm glad <laughs> you said something. It's totally a guess, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, it sounds right. I'm gonna believe okay. I'm gonna believe you. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time, streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shudder is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these 
current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Do you have big dreams and think you'd love to run your own business? You might see a need in your community or the world that you think you can help fill. Or maybe you just really crave the freedom to work from when and where you want. I'm Jackie Pretzman, and I help women to create businesses they love. I've partnered with Oddity Files to bring you details about Dream Business Bootcamp, my online course to kickstart your business in six weeks. In the course, we cover everything from getting clear on your business idea to creating and pricing your first offering, getting your business online, and then actually attracting ideal customers who want to pay you for what you do. Now, Dream Business Bootcamp is opening for enrollment this month, and Kitsy has something special to share just for Oddity Files listeners. She's right, guys. I do. Here's your special link for Jackie's Dream Business Bootcamp. Go to tinyurl.com slash dreambusinessbootcamp today. Thanks, Jackie. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, We've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost-effective there, and this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. So I don't know why I I thought this when we were going to record on Tuesday, but I thought to myself, you know... Self. I'm self... I haven't, we haven't talked about Bigfoot in a while. And then I was, thought to myself, yes, no, we, we did talk about a whole Sasquatch documentary for like 30 minutes last week. But you know, there's never enough Bigfoot in this podcast, Nick. Bring no, it. There's just not. Uh, so on the, to- on the topic of, of Sasquatch, which is available now on Hulu, the documentary. Uh, they did I, not pay us, by the way, people. We just loved it that much. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to tell a story that, that I hold very close and have held very close to my heart for a very, very long time. And the reason why I want to tell this story is because it hit, it just hits home that there are two sides to every story. So today I'm going to read both sides of the story. Uh, but in order to tell you the first side, we need to travel back to uh, 2008. And this is just to remind you that in 2007, the first iPhone came out. This is an iPhone okay. 1 can't really yeah just it's important to know because and and they were elusive just like bigfoot and not everyone had a iphone one they were i couldn't wait to get one i remember being like oh i've got this verizon remember the one where you'd like click the screen and the screen would click that was my first smartphone before the iphone and i'm watching all these fancy fuckers with their iphone going 
I really wish I had one of those. Yeah, like you can really go on the can. internet. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Go ahead. So the scene has been set. It's, it's 2008 for me. The iPhone had just come out in the summer of 2007. It was still rolling out. It was expensive. Not a lot of people had it. That's important to know. This was 2008. I'm at a PF Chang's. Okay. And you're 12 years old? I'm 18 ish. Okay. I feel better. <laughs> I was in college. I was living in uh, Orlando, Florida at the time. And I'm sitting at the PF Chang's and I'm with my family. My mom pulls out this newspaper clipping. She's like, oh, I forgot I clipped this out for you today. And what I saw on that paper set my world on fire. And the headline read, two Georgians say they have Bigfoot's body. <gasps> and uh, this was August 14th, 2008. And the story goes a little something like this. This is from the New York Times, by the way. This was a very real, very legitimate, very heavily covered story because it, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the hairy and hoax-filled history of Bigfoot, those who believe in the mythical beast have offered up all manner of evidence, from grainy photos to horse recordings to tracks of those aforementioned feet. But on Friday at a hotel in Palo Alto, California, a pair of Bigfoot hunters say they will present what they contend is the most definitive proof yet of an animal that science says does not exist. DNA evidence and photographs of a dead specimen they say they found in a remote swath of woods in northern Georgia. This was before my Bigfoot craze, so I've never heard this before. Oh. So excited. Oh, well, wonderful. <laughs> uh, it was very frightening at first, says Rick Dyer, 31, a former corrections officer who coincidentally runs a business that offers Bigfoot tours. And it got even more frightening when you saw the others. Indeed, Mr. Dyer said he and his partner, Matthew Witten, saw three more of the beasts nearby as they dragged the body of said creature out of the woods. Moreover, Mr. Dyer says he has video clips and photographs to prove it. Fuck. How it's, have I not heard of this? It's I'll, You're going to find out why. Okay. Uh, one photograph proved to the, to the news media showed, that resembled, uh, showed what resembled a gorilla or maybe an old sheepskin rug lying twisted in a freezer with a dollop of intestines protruding from its belly. There's a lot of comment being made that it looks fake or it looks like a suit, Mr. Dyer said. But these people wasn't there when I was sweating, pulling this thing through the woods. Very well done with that southern accent, sir. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> Enter Tom Biscardi, a longtime Bigfoot booster from the Bay Area who traveled to Georgia to see the animal, said he was 150% sure that the carcass was a Bigfoot, an American Indian legend whose modern fame dates to an elaborate footprint hoax uh, perpetrated at a northern (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) It was going so well until it wasn't. Um, That's the theme of this show, I'm just saying. Uh, An American Indian legend whose modern fame dates to an elaborate footprint hoax uh, perpetrated at a Northern California logging camp, almost did it again, in 1958. This is Eureka, man, said Mr. Biscardi, whose operations include a Bigfoot website, a Bigfoot merchandise line, and a Bigfoot internet radio show. I touched it, he said. (laughs) I touched it. I touched it. 
Both Mr. Biscardi and Mr. Dyer said they expected skeptics to discount the find, which is being kept in a freezer in an undisclosed location outside Atlanta, Georgia. But they promised even more proof, including video, a DNA test, and of course, a mission to capture one of the big guys. I'm not asking anyone to believe us, Mr. Dyer said. I'm just asking them to sit and watch because you're going to eat your words. Ooh, them's fighting words. Them's fighting words. So that was the initial kickoff of this seven-foot, seven-inch corpse encased in ice uh, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. These guys were like, we did it. You have Tom Biscardi, who was like, boom, I'm. Uh, this is great. I'm in it. And that was the story. That was it. Okay. So then... What happened after was a little disheartening, to say the least. Oh, so a couple little... <laughs> I'm going to hate couple, this, aren't I? <laughs> yes, you are. A couple little um, tidbits of information. So Tom Biscardi did uh, come see the corpse. He poked it. He prodded it. There's images that are online. Uh, and he said, this is it. This is the real deal. Uh, and he purchased the Bigfoot corpse for an, uh, for an oh. undisclosed sum. Oh, shit, I was uh, hoping you knew how much. I don't know the I don't know the money, uh, the the cost that he paid it for paid for it. But he saw the corpse and then he took a DNA sample from the the two guys, uh, Witten and Dyer, who showed him DNA, and he's like, "That's it. I'm a, I'll take it from you. Sold." I'm just saying, Witten and Dyer sounds like a comedy act. It does. Like Penn and Teller. <laughs> it it sure does. So we're gonna fast forward. Uh, to uh, uh, a week later, mm-hmm. in and we're gonna return. <laughs> we're gonna return to Palo Alto, California, and find out why exactly uh, they were there. And and this was a bunch of journalists. Essentially, I'm gonna catch you up to speed. A bunch of journalists said, "We're interested in what you have. We want to see everything." And they said, "We will present all of the evidence to you. Get your cameras ready. It's gonna be wild." And so they. Uh, a bunch of journalists met and gathered in a hotel in Palo Alto, California. It was a hotel cabana. At the <laughs> hotel, hotel cabana. <laughs> and they all gathered. They flew there with the evidence, with everything, and they were going to present it to the world. And this is what happened at that press conference. According I wonder how to, much it is to ship a, a frozen Bigfoot. Maybe we'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, this this comes from Wired. This is another very reputable source. Georgia <laughs> residents Matthew Witten and Rick Dyer say they have found Bigfoot, and not only that, they say they have his body. They just didn't happen to have the creature's corpse with them for their press conference this Friday. Motherfuckers. <laughs> At the well-attended gathering, Dyer and Witten, together with professional Bigfoot hunter Tom Biscardi, answered questions, handed out unconvincing photos, and talked about their alleged find. Somebody's pissed. (laughs) We were not Bigfoot hunters originally, said Witten, who claims he and Dyer found the lifeless body of a large hairy bipedal animal while camping in the woods of northern Georgia. But now, we are some of the best Bigfoot hunters in the world. (laughs) Sure. According to Witten, there were several other living animals that resembled the body they found near the discovery site. The creatures were about 50 feet from Witten and Dyer, who recorded video of the supposed big feet. Okay. Witten and Dyer said they put the body in a large freezer shortly after removing it from the woods in early June. The photo featured above, which we'll put on our socials, provided by the team, allegedly shows the Bigfoot body in the freezer. Later, they teamed up with Biscardi, 
who has made a name for himself over the past several years as a Bigfoot hunter whose claims of having found the furry giants haven't always panned out. Poor, poor Biscardi. Yes. The trio, would you like a Biscotti with you your... Like, <laughs> a Biscardi Biscotti? Yes. With your weeping tea or, well, I don't know, making shit up. That made no sense. <laughs> So at the uh, press conference, the trio stated that the body is now in Biscardi's possession in an undisclosed location, pending scientific tests. Biscardi named two scientists he's contacted regarding his find, Kurt Nelson of the University of Minnesota and Richard Klein, a paleontologist at Stanford University. So it was Biscardi who withheld the corpse from the press conference because he paid these guys off pre-press conference and just oh. took the corpse and was like, you guys don't get it. I get it. Oh. Yeah. It's just one long, long con. Drama, drama, drama. Sasquatch, drama, drama, drama. Yep. Uh, there's also an Igor and Dmitri coming from Russia, Biscardi said. They're they're very prominent in the Bigfoot world. <laughs> of course, it, it's like Nata- Boris and Natasha. I mean, could you be any more stereotypical Russian? Come on. Go ahead. Sorry. Lost my shit there. According to the team, the Bigfoot creature is 7 feet 7 inches tall, weighs over 500 pounds, and has feet that are over 16 inches long, or about a size 24. By comparison, Olympic swimmer Michael Phelps is 6 feet 4 inches tall, weighs 165, and has size 14 feet. Phelps is also nearly hairless, while Bigfoot appears to be covered in fur. (laughs) They both may or may not smoke pot. (laughs) This is correct. Uh, The press conference was extremely well attended with more than two dozen video cameras at the hotel where the event was held and satellite uplink fans outside. But for all the attention, the press conference, much like a smaller event earlier this year in Denver in which a man revealed video of an alleged space alien, which I'll get uh, into at some later date, raised more questions than it answered. One thing we do know, Witten, Dyer, and Biscardi have formed a business venture to profit from their newfound notoriety, although they provided no details on how they plan to transform their discovery into an actual business. And they also provided no Bigfoot. Correct. (laughs) Correct. When asked how much money they'd hoped to make, Biscardi answered, as much as we can. These fuckers. (laughs) Yep. Witten and Biscardi answered questions for nearly an hour hour at the Friday press conference and were joined late in the session by Dyer. At the conclusion of the conference, Biscardi handed out a photo that he said showed the creature's mouth and tongue, plus a blurry image of a walking, wookie, Bigfoot-type creature, which will have those photos as well. Biscardi said DNA tests had been done and handed out a printout Friday describing the results. They appear to show one sample matching human DNA, another matching opossum DNA, and a third test that proved inconclusive. So are they saying that our our man, our friend of the show, Bigfoot, is an opossum mixed with a human? What the actual fuck? Yes, it it just continues to get more and more bizarre. The three men presented no video or additional evidence to support their rather extraordinary claims. Their announcement is also odd, considering that Witten and Dyer posted a YouTube video where they appear to make light of their discovery. The eight-minute video features Witten, who is wearing a splint and holding a teddy bear, cracking jokes and complaining about the pair's detractors, saying basically, fuck the haters over and over again that, that they're idiots they're stupid they sit in their mom's basement hunting for bigfoot and they're mad that we found him hey those are our people 
I'm going to kick that guy's ass. <laughs> yep. Casting further doubts on the pair's announcement is analysis by several bloggers showing that their photograph uh, their photograph bears an uncanny resemblance to a commercially available Bigfoot costume. The God. Bigfoot Field Researchers or Association says that the men's apparent discovery is a hoax. The men wah, have <laughs> the men have offered three different stories about their find, according to an Associated Press story. In early videos, the animal was shot by a former felon, and the men followed it into the woods. In a second version, they found a family of Bigfoot in North Georgia mountains. In the third, the two were hiking and stumbled upon the corpse with open wounds. The pair's press release issued earlier in the week has already generated a fair amount of buzz on blogs, science fiction sites, and even in the mainstream media. That buzz is sure to continue given the attendance at Friday's press conference and the uh, paucity of evidence one way or another. Um, so then there's the photos of Biscardi. Uh, the press conference ended. He was mobbed, all this stuff. Um, and that was sort of the end of that. Okay. It, it so all wrapped up. up. Yeah, it was a big deal. It and seems so, shady as hell. <laughs> super shady. This turned into like a snowball over the court. I mean, this was a huge story the week of August, basically 8th through the 20th, that period of time. Um, and then at the end, a few days later, it was discovered um, that Biscardi was going to sue uh, Whitman Dyer, because he claims at this time the victim of this series of deceptions searching for Bigfoot Inc. is seeking justice, justice for themselves and for all the people who were deceived by this deception. Due to this event, people's lives have been disrupted and many people so wanting vindication about their prior experiences were hurt. Let us all try to be mindful of such. It was very clearly a fake. These Whoa. dudes, they yeah. got everybody. And then they just disappeared because people were trying to kill these guys. People were throwing rocks through well, their... That's it's extreme. Oh. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a very, very, very big deal. And Biscardi, who came forward, said, it, this thing was real. It, I touched it. I felt it. I smelt it. It was a real thing. And then he was like, but it wasn't. And... Wow. Now I'm out all this money for a stuffed costume filled with different animal innards, essentially. Oh, my God. I really kind of feel bad for him. Yeah. I'm sure he was like, oh, this is the fucking find of the century. And these, this is why I hate people. It is. People are uh, generally disappointing. Well, and one of the guys who actually came through and basically bust us all open was Matt Moneymaker, who's the president and founder of the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. And he okay. said, it's a Halloween costume in a box. That's what this is. Wow. Um, but poor Biscardi, who didn't really, he was just trying to make it. He was young. He was trying to make it back in 2008. And he just said that, you know, this was his big, this was the moment. This was it for him. And it was not. Uh, and these guys just did it as a joke and took it as far as they could. And that was the end. And that was it. I am curious what he paid for it because, damn, I'm sure it wasn't cheap because these guys are fuckers. And I'm sure they took him for everything he was worth. Well, and and they, the team, there was a team that somehow got a hold of the body and it began to thaw. And when it was thawing, it was the feet that appeared to be hollow and rubber. So they were squeezing the feet and they were just rubber ah. feet. 
And as soon as that thaw happened, they were informed, uh, the press and Biscardi were informed that uh, Mr. Witten and Mr. Dyer had admitted that it was a costume. So are they still in hiding? Do we know? I I do not know. I do know at the time of this reporting, I think the latest was, yeah, August 20th, uh, 2008. They tried to reach them for tips and stuff. And uh, the, the Guardian tried to call them, Witten and Dyer, and the voicemail recording for their Bigfoot tip line had been updated to say that the duo were looking for dinosaurs. Oh, so the, it's all just a fucking joke to them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So hmm. there are two sides to every story, and hmm. there's always someone who is going to ruin uh, what I like to call a good thing. And the Hulu documentary Sasquatch it kind of encouraged me to tell the story. And here we are. I love it. It's perfect. I, I had not heard it before. I'd, I'd like, you know, maybe these these guys listen to the show. Shame on you. You should still be in hiding. And I hate your fucking guts and your animal guts. You guys yeah. suck. Yeah, it blew my I mean, mind. I'm not going to threaten to kill them or anything, <laughs> but you suck. <laughs> yeah, super, super disappointing. But it was it's one of my favorite stories still to this day. And it's always stuck with me. Um because it it's just it's the way of the world. Like this is how things are. This is how people treat yeah. this stuff. And and I think this is why. And I've said it multiple times on this podcast that this is why people kind of lose respect or interest in paranormal, supernatural, um, cryptid because there's always someone who's out to ruin a good time in everything, not just the big feats. Yeah, ah, if you're, so sad. If you're gonna fake it. At least don't get caught. So we all have the illusion that it exists. That is that exactly. is it. That is my. That's what they get for fucking selling a costume to some guy. Yep. That is my story. Now you tell me a story because mine was longer I... than I thought. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop asking questions. <laughs> we'll throw this over to commercial while I take this hauls out of my breath and take a quick swig of hydration, and then I'll get into my story. Hauls out of your breath. My mouth. It was in my mouth. <laughs> my breath mouth. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny, this new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormal x 
road. That's the letter X. This all-female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at. Okay, so... We're kind of keeping with that whole paranormal and pop culture thing. And I I haven't done a curse story in a hot minute. And I'm kind of a fan of them. Uh So I had never heard this one before. I just Googled top family curses. And this is the one that I liked best. Yes. So uh, that story goes a little something like this. Oh, no, I had that in there again. So I'm going to say that again. Pro Wrestling's Von Erich family's curse supposedly haunts wrestling to this day. And that story goes a little something like this. So the world of pro wrestling has had its fair share of tragedies. Aside from the unusual high number of injuries, the cause of which is readily apparent, we often hear about sad incidents of wrestlers and their untimely deaths. And the most recent being Eddie Guerrero's collapse inside a hotel room due to heart failure. Okay, so that was a paste and cut. I should have looked up and seen if that was the most recent thing. I'm sure sure wrestling fans legit listen to the show. Feel free to correct me and this article I stole that from okay so even these depressing cases pale in comparison to the so-called curse of the Von Erich wrestling family originally from Texas their actual surname is Atkinson but every member who has been in the wrestling business has used the ring name Von Erich E-R-I-C-H after the family's patriarch Fritz von Erich, whose real name is Jack Adkisson. Jack took on the name as part of his wrestling gimmick or ring persona as he originally portrayed a villainous heel German Nazi, hence using a German sounding name. This was back in the 70s and 80s, I believe. How unpc wow. is that now? Just yeah. saying. Holy smokes. Um, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I'm sure there were I'm sure it was all just like watching uh, All in the Family. Remember that? Old people like me. There was nothing good about that. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to say whether the ire, whether or not he, he evoked. No. Starting that over. It's hard to say whether the ire he evoked was due to his nefarious in-ring deeds 
both in and out of the ring, he had a reputation for just being a bully. Don't like him. Or sparked by wrestling fans outraged, a promoter would stoop as low as to include post-war animosity as a plot point for lowbrow entertainment. Now, I take offense to that. I do enjoy some WWE. Um, It is literally a soap opera in panties. That's the name of the episode. (laughs) And I mean that in the best way possible. Oh, yeah. So the Nazi aspect of the Von Erich gimmick would fade into the background as his sons became some of the most beloved athletes in the sport. But it's precisely this feature of his character that would inspire several apocryphal... This is what I get for paste and cut. You can do it! (laughs) Aprocryphial stories about what untimely would happen to the Von Erich descendants. In the most widely disseminated version of the spooky tale, David Shoemaker, author of The Squared Circle, Life, Death, and Professional Wrestling, explained many people believe a ghost of a Holocaust survivor put a cursed a curse on Atkinson, a.k.a. Fritz von Erich, as revenge for making light of Nazism. Wow. So uh, Atkinson told Fritz, no, the ghost told Fritz that he'd lost all seven of his sons in the death camps. And here's where it gets really good. He said ominously that he sincerely hoped nothing like that would happen to Fritz. But in a sarcastic way, like, I certainly hope nothing like that happens to you, wrote Shoemaker. Then the man vanished into the air. Whether that fable is fabricated or not, it's clearly up for mm, debate. Um, But what occurred after the story took place is completely unfathomable. It makes sense that some would seek otherworldly explanations. The family is now dubbed the Kennedys of wrestling. I almost did a story on the Kennedys. I may do that at a later date. In the 1980s, the Von Erichs and their patriarch, Fritz, experienced their first loss when the eldest of six male children, six-year-old Jack Jr., was accidentally electrocuted and drowned in a puddle of wet snow near their home. David, yes. What? Very sad and tragic and very curse-worthy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, what a freak accident. I mean, that is like... Oh, it gets worse. It's, it's not like it's a pond. It's a puddle he literally drowns in. David Manning, a former referee and booker, explained the specifics of the death in The Dark Side of the Ring. That was his book. Oh, uh, Okay. Jack was actually coming home from school, and it had snowed, Manning said. As he was trying to step over the tongue of the trailer, he touched it, and it somehow electrocuted him, and he fell in the snow face first. So I did have to look up what the tongue of the trailer is. I didn't know if it was a wrestling thing. So according to Google, it keeps your trailer in balance when towing and assists in keeping weight on the tow hitch which is required for the controlled towing. It also adds stiffness to the chassis, and depending on the axle and load placement, will assist in keeping the trailer running 
true and stable. So in layman's terms, it's just the part that attaches to the vehicle that's pulling the trailer. Yep. And there's no electricity running to it. I know sometimes, I mean, it goes to the 70s, but I know sometimes that's where the electricity will go because when you're towing it, there's a wire that connects to the car that you're towing so it runs electricity to the uh the lights on the back correct correct but it's a wire that runs the electricity yeah i don't think it would be unless the wire was open which would have been Mm -hmm. a serious hazard um to anybody then there's really no way that that could have just happened on its own right plus that would be the electricity coming from the car battery if it was still hooked up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So the death haunted the family for decades, of course. But the other children moved on into wrestling themselves. As Fritz advanced in age, he got further away from the ring and became a promoter rather than a performer. Through his federation, world-class championship wrestling, he was able to raise up his sons, Kevin, David, Carrie, Mike, and Chris as major celebrities in their own rights. Afterwards, a chain of disasters befell the family. Fritz's third child, David, died from a serious case of gastronitis, while Carrie, the fourth child, Michael, the fifth child, and Chris, the sixth child, all committed suicide via drug overdose. So that's one, two, three, four, five sons he lost. <clears throat> Just like the spirit son. Oh my God. Only Fritz's second son, Kevin, lived on to continue wrestling before retiring in 1993. Now with the third generation of Von Erichs, Kevin's two sons and Carrie did have a daughter before he died. They're all currently following their grandfather's footsteps. In 2009, the WWE inducted the entire Von Erich wrestling family into the WWE Hall of Fame for their outstanding contributions to the history of professional wrestling. So whether it was the curse of a Holocaust ghost or maybe that was all part of his act because... There is some storytelling going on in wrestling for those who may not know. Tragedy was certainly no stranger to this family. And I'm hoping this isn't one of those that skips a generation type deals. But so far, the grandkids are okay. My wingmen were the Wikipedia, BleacherReport.com, Oxygen.com, and the last word on sports.com. You know... There's a part of me that's like one of two things. Well, one of three things could happen. The first thing, it's just a coincidence. This is, there's issues in the family. Always. It's always the first thought, right? Right. The other two things are one, this happened. Uh, The way that it was told that he was visited by this spirit who basically was like, I hope this doesn't happen to you because what you're doing is wrong. And then there's a third option that he made that part up too. And to me, if you are playing this character that's super messed up, by the way, and then you go the extra step to make up a further story that a Holocaust survivor's ghost visited you. Right. And 
you're taking it a little that's like you're you've already crossed the line you're crossing 10 more lines and i'm wondering if that potentially triggered a curse in in and of itself a tulpa style curse if you will yes so um I mean, one of those three things are an option. I'm almost more knowing supernatural, buying into paranormal uh, as I do from time to time. I would lean more towards the fact that he just took it way too far um, and was basically cursed by something um, that just thought that he was a despicable person. Right. Well, he sounded like not a nice person. I mean, if he was a bully in, in and out of the ring, you lo- you lose a child at six years old. I cannot even fathom the pain and how it would have affected him emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. And then how that in turn affected three other children who then committed suicide later in life. I mean, it, it, can it be a curse? Absolutely. Can it be just mental health that got completely out of check all around absolutely yeah so um yeah i can't imagine and i don't know the man but i i'm sure the entire family went through some shit their entire lives so plus you add the spotlight to it as well yeah well and then he's always known i mean your 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 father is known as a man who portrayed a nazi a nazi uh, and then potentially fabricated the fact that he was visited by uh, like that's also got a got a way on you as well. So maybe less supernatural curse and more of basically cursed by the sins of your father, essentially. Karma curse. That's also a thing. OK, I'm going to throw out a really quick listener story just because it's been a hot minute and I, I feel like I have to because tomorrow I'm actually heading to Evan's house to investigate. Oh, so, shoot. This comes to us. It says, hey, Kitsy and Nick, it's Evan again with an update on my cat and the shadow person we saw in our house. They came back. As you told everyone when reading my story, story about my grandfather's ghost calling my phone, Edie died shortly after. I sent in my story about her and I chasing down a shadow person that tried to pet her. Well, both the dark figure and the spirit of my cat visited me to give me a much-needed message. Get your tissues ready, folks. It's about to get emotional. That's all from Evan. Oh, my God. I was woken up in the middle of the night by by the feeling of someone gently shaking my shoulder and whispering, Wake up, Evan. I rolled onto my side to see the familiar person made of TV static sitting on the floor next to my bed, holding the ceramic cast of Edie's paw prints that I kept next to my bed. The shadow person carefully out of the clay disc, no, carefully put the clay disc back on my side table, flinching a little when the object rattled a little, visibly worried it might have broken it. After leaning over to make sure it wasn't broken, my visitor grabbed my hand with both of theirs, each a cloud-like blob that I didn't even feel. They leaned in close and said, not gone, found her. Little weepy. At the moment, I felt the sensation of my cat walking from my feet to my shoulder, nestling down into a resting position 
and placing her paws on my cheek. Edie's favorite place to sleep, and I started to cry. I didn't see Edie, but I definitely felt her there. The weight and placement of it was definitely how she would sit there in life. The shadow person removed one of their hands from mine, and I saw it go up to my shoulder and pet the invisible cat, who I felt shift and lean into the hand, and I heard purring. Seems like they finally started to get along after death. Then the shadow told me, she worried, we comfort you, don't give up, new friends save you, she likes them. I then smelled the scents of candles and soaps that a friend of mine smells in a local shop, a friend that I had met only a couple months before Edie's death. I said the name of this friend and a few others from the group, and I asked if that's who Edie met. In response, the shadow was silent, but I felt Edie's spirit roll and nuzzle against my cheek and lick next to my ear. The shadow person stood up and said, they teach you to love yourself, protect you from doubt, make the world make sense. Edie sure now, not worried, knows you safe, can say goodbye, has to leave now. <clears throat> but wait, there's more. Everybody grab a tissue. <laughs> <sighs> and with that, I felt one last tap on my face from Edie's paw and then the sensation of her jumping off of me. I saw the shadow person catch something invisible, pet it, cradle it in their arms, and then it walked through the bedroom wall as my vision blurred with tears. I sobbed myself to sleep uh, after that and woke up with a soggy pillow the next morning. After all those years together, Edie understood the issues I needed the most help with. Not to go into too much detail, but I've been great but I've been great at socializing and the isolation everyone feels during COVID has pretty much been my whole life. I think he meant to say I'm not great at socializing. I had just started to figure things out when the universe forced us all into solitary confinement. Needless to say, that made me feel pretty hopeless and like whatever is in charge of reality has a grudge against me. It seems Edie had taken it upon herself to find people who would help me or at least make sure people I was spending time with were capable of such a task. I haven't told my friends about Edie's visit, but since her death, they had made an increased effort to get close to me and encourage me more so than basically anyone I have ever known. Maybe this is just who they are, or maybe Edie visited them before giving me her message. Most of them do speak with spirits, so maybe they know a lot more about me than they let on. Whatever the case, Edie didn't approve of many people in my life, so if she's telling me to let these people into my life, I guess they must be good folks. I hope this update warms your hearts a little and maybe even a little hope for yourselves. Edie knew I needed it, but don't we all? Stay weird, Evan. Uh Aww. He, I mean, listen, my messages on Facebook are always open. That story, and I know, it, I listen, I understand that it's hard to tell that story seriously to someone without getting scoffed at. I get it. Like, I've been there, you know, my, my whole life has been, you know, where 
my love for and belief in Bigfoot has turned some heads uh, as I was growing up for sure. Uh, same with with stories I have with the paranormal, but I feel like in the right avenue, uh, whether it be Reddit, whether it be uh, uh, paranormal message boards, I think that that story, if you need any help putting it all together, um, getting it edited, grammar checked, whatever you need from me, I think that you should put that whole story together uh, and put it out because I think people need it more than you think uh, they do. So yeah. uh, I encourage that if you personally can strip back the fact that some people just don't understand and they're going to be assholes and that's okay. Um, and you're comfortable. I think that that needs to live somewhere for people to find, to give them a sense of understanding and hope, uh, and levity in a time that has been difficult for so many people. So Nick, can I use that in the episode? Because that was fucking beautiful, man. I'm dying over oh, here. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Use it, please. This is a call out to Evan. There, my DMs are open. Listen, I'm telling you if, you. if you need to figure out what pieces of context to provide in the story, to put a long version of the story, including that piece that, you just, that, that Kitsy just read, I am open. I will assist in any way that I can and help with distribution or whatever, but it people need it. <clears throat> they need it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm I've been intrigued by this story of Evans for a long time now. I actually met Evan a couple weeks ago and he's the real deal. Sweet, sweet man, and I can't wait to spend a little extra time with him tomorrow. He lives only like 45 minutes from me, so KJ and Patras and I are going to head out there. And um, see if we can meet this shadow man that I'm so intrigued with. I Ever since the first story, I knew that it's not there to hurt him. But I want to find out who he is. I love that he's communicating with Evan now. So that's I don't think that's going to be an issue. I just want to find out more about him and or they, as he said, uh, find out if it's spirit guide, if it's a, a loved one from the beyond or if it's uh you know maybe they came with the house so got to meet one of evan's friends that Edie approves of and evan said well he didn't Edie did not approve of him in life she certainly approves of him in death and i liked him too so there you have it kids i'm kitsy duncan weird is the new cool i'm nick floyd and ghost on and our executive producers are Donald Blanchflower, Doug Maldenlock, and Ryan Hoke. Almost forgot. See ya. Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden-Lock, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store, can't get enough of oddity files wear us on your body tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files 
please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay, go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller.